0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Somebody let their stupid dog just bark all throughout the afternoon. Now I get it, the dog's not really stupid, the dog didn't do anything wrong, it's a, it's a dog. You might be able to hear it. And I know if I was just a guy who would go into my studio like a normal person and do the show like a normal person, well, then I wouldn't hear the dog. But when the weather is perfect and I can light up an AVO XO Maestro, why aren't I doing the show outside? Why am I somehow limited to a studio space? That's that's nuts. That's right. I want a guy from a guy who went into studio who did the show from home and now is doing the show outdoors. I am the nature conservative. It's like the nature boy, but without all the woo! Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, God, Tony, Eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. 468 8669 It's true. The weather was just too nice. I'm like, screw this, I'm doing the show outside. And my wife was like, you're doing what? I'm like, I have the technology. Why am I? Why am I even... Wasting time, that's, that seems silly. That seems foolhardy. And so out here, and to do all this, and, and there's this dog across the way that's just barking up a storm. And I don't understand the people who let their dog bark all day. You got the dog. And you got the dog so you can take, uh, like, like, two hours and just leave it outside so you don't have to pay attention to it. You close the door and pretend you don't hear it. But everybody else is totally impacted. Now, maybe that doesn't bother you. Maybe the dog is not something that's, that's of concern to you. You don't care if the dog's barking. You like dogs. I'm not anti-dog. People have said this about me. It's a lie. I am not anti-dog. I am very much anti-people not taking care of their things. And I find it to be part of a society, a larger societal issue that for whatever reason hit me last night. When I'm, when I'm getting ready to, to end my night, my, my day is done. I've done all my studying. I, I end it with just a cursory glance of news, just in case anything's late-breaking, from about five different sites, and a cursory scroll through my Facebook feed, which is funny because Facebook is a sizzling hot mess, and I don't pay any attention to it at all. The fact that I still have stuff that gets posted on Facebook is amazing. Everything's at Tonycats.com and the community we're building there. The videos are on Rumble and it goes to Twitter and it goes to LinkedIn and it goes to, even goes to, to the YouTube page until they finally demonetize anything and there seems to be an, an uptick in trying to get into that censorship uh, uh, again. Everything is Rumble. Everything is Twitter. Everything is TonyCats.com. Those, those are, are my areas. There's some Instagram because for whatever reason, they haven't really screwed with that yet. But the, the, the day will come. But I do this, this, this cursory kind of scroll through uh, Facebook. And it used to be I was getting clips of maybe Jordan Peterson, uh, maybe a a thought about this, and then something weird. And then, of course, you've got 9 million videos of people doing what aren't even dances, and some people who can really dance, right? Some people got real skill, and some people out there are just really sad. Maybe this thing that everybody else is doing will make me famous. That's what it looks like. It looks like a giant cry, cry for help. Last night was two things, fights and porn. Now, when I tell you that it was porn, I want to be clear, it wasn't that, but it was people. I'm going to describe this as classy as I can, and you know how I despise the use of the word class or classy, so go with me on this. It was one woman who was kissing another woman, and then a third woman entered, and then someone pulled out a piece of rope, and that's what I said, maybe I shouldn't be watching this. Now, if a couple of consenting adults want to make this, and a couple of consenting adults want to watch this, they can feel free. No, I don't know why it was on my Facebook feed. There it was, and I said... This is the reason I deleted TikTok from my phone before I knew about anything regarding the Chinese. That it was originally this app called Musically. And then it was TikTok. And what TikTok was showing was a, a grown man should not be having this on his phone. Now, I know there's like, you can get, there's TikTok cooking, there's TikTok cigars, there's TikTok bourbon, right? You can create your categories, if you will. But man, that wasn't okay by me. I'm out. Thank you very much. Goodbye. It was crazy, but I will admit that while I've never watched that on my uh, 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 on on Facebook, I've never actually seen that on Facebook before. There are often these um, fights that take place. Sometimes I I get into a string of videos of people where where police officers are being abusive, or sometimes people are being abusive to police, and I see those videos everywhere. Um, these are the videos of the fights. Now, I have watched a million of these in my life where people are drunk or people are angry or people, whatever the case may be, and they get into a fight. And They're always getting into a fight. And There's always another fight. And so I'm, I'm watching this happen. And I don't know what, what hit me last night, but it's just like the dog that won't stop barking. Maybe you can hear him in the background. We'll call him Fluffy. Because that dog sounds like a Fluffy. Is no one going to notice that this is happening? Maybe there are a billion fights a year in the United States. And since there was not an advent of video cameras, no one saw them. There were no camera phones. Nobody was watching that much, paying attention that much. You couldn't have shared that much. There is a fight going on every four and a half seconds over Lord only knows what, and people don't intervene. They just watch. They do not say, hey, let's cut this out. They just watch. They fight each other in the subway. They just watch. They fight each other on a bus. They just watch. They fight each other in a construction site. They just watch. People who have decided that they are in charge and they are in control, just watch. They get into fights and other people just watch. And then there are the ones where I cannot guarantee that it's real. The whole thing doesn't look possible. Was it all set up to get some clicks? To uh, make sure a schmuck like me was, was watching this horror? Something yesterday. A bit, for for all the days I, I I cannot tell you what it is something yesterday made me stop and say okay I'm just done and it got me into a, a line of thinking that for to an extent kept me up last night and kept me going this morning this idea of our politics and religion this idea that what ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, and why not throw in Fox and Newsmax and talk radio? Although I could argue with clarity to varying degrees. Is all of this just about the fight? The blood sport? Is that the show that I do? No, I can argue clearly not for a multiplicity of reasons. Number one, I didn't push Russia, Russia, Russia on anybody. I didn't push COVID vaccine fears on anybody. I have never pushed on anybody. You have to do this and you can't say that. I never once have condoned the censorship of people. When Deshaun Jackson decides to post fake Hitler quotes, the the former receiver, I think he's a former receiver there from the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm the guy who said, don't cancel him. I'm the one who opposed cancel culture, and I still oppose cancel culture. So I don't think I get to lump myself in a category with MSNBC or CNN. But when you see how they respond to the Durham report, By saying this doesn't matter, by putting Andrew McCabe on the air, a guy who lied to the FBI and is caught in the multiplicity of lies because of this report, they knew that Hillary Clinton made up this entire thing about Trump and the Russians, and they they decided to investigate anyway. They decided to make a probe of it anyway. They decided that the peaceful transition of power wasn't something that mattered. The peaceful transition of power? Who cares about a peaceful transition of power? That's nonsense. That's a bunch of hooey. That's ridiculous. You got to be a fool to care about a peaceful transition of power. Only when Trump wasn't doing what we, we wanted him to do did we care about the peaceful transition of power. But when it was us trying to destroy the duly elected president... Everything was up for grabs. There was nothing wrong with what we did. I mean, this was this, this was uh, Obama then, right? The peaceful transition of power is one of the hallmarks of our democracy. And over the next few months, we are going to show that to the world. My number one priority in the coming two months is to try to facilitate, A transition that ensures our president-elect is successful. Part of that is also facilitating a decent transition so that, uh, you know, the American people are as well-served as they can be with the incoming uh, administration. But I do feel a responsibility as president of the United States to make sure that I facilitate a good transition. And Democracy depends on... He's all about the good transition, all about the peaceful transition of power. No, no, he wasn't. He knew it was all a fraud and he allowed it to happen. And CNN tries to defend their position. MSNBC tries to defend their position. Oh, this this Durham report is nothing. Uh, Joe Scarborough, it's just a dud. It's a dud if you want to argue that nobody's going to go to jail. You're right. In that sense, it is a dud. As a powerful reminder of how much you lied to us, you just wanted to show us the fight over and over and over and over again, you wanted to bloody and batter and beat the people so they would stop questioning you. This was much more than about getting rid of Trump. This was about your dominance over the citizen. This was about making them nerd. Don't pay attention to the evils we do. Just respond when we tell you to, like you're part of the choir. Do not ask questions. Just know that we will give you the answer when we decide to give it to you. And until then, react the way we tell you to. Live this exhausting lifestyle. And I'm watching these fights. Scrolling past them on my phone, and I said, That's enough. If there is something to take away from the Durham report, never mind how awful and evil and terrible and bigoted and hateful these people are, and they are, what is to take away is that politics are not religion, and you do not have to play. You have to fight. But you do not have to play. Do you have to fight to ensure that your kids are getting an education, not indoctrination? Yes, you do. Do you have to fight to ensure that your property taxes are not abusive? Yes, you do. Do you have to fight to ensure whether it's a pro choice stance or a pro life stance? Yes, you do. You have to fight. You have to stand up and voice your position. You do not have to make your position the only thing about you. I was sharing a couple weeks back, it could have been a couple months back by now, this book that my, my wife was, was reading, and it was kind of a fictionalized version of, uh, of today, and, and they're talking, you know, it was, it was a Gen Z uh, type conversation, Generation Z, And how Generation Z sees their pain, their trauma, as the most interesting things about them. And it makes sense, right? If your trauma is the thing that gets you sympathy or recognition or, as I describe it, reputation capital, you're going to play up your trauma. And the comment from one of the characters Is if the trauma is the most interesting thing about them, how do they ever get over it? Now, I thought that was beautifully worded, beautifully, beautifully written. I've said it differently. You've heard me say it before. How does one heal the racial divide in America when the wound is so profitable? Look at the money that Al Sharpton has made on it. Look at the money that Jesse Jackson has made on it. Look at the money that Patrice Cullors of Black Lives Matter, the organization, has made on it. Look at the money that Ibram Kendi has made on it. That Robin D'Angelo has made on it. That Joy Reid has made on it. How in the world could you possibly heal such a thing? They've taken their politics. Turned them into their ideology. And live and die by it and me i'm sitting outside doing a radio show smoking an avo exo maestro because i believe the discussion of the subjects matter they're important the ideas and the thoughts and the philosophies need to be shared but dear lord i want no part of the religious fervor that says watch the fight Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Watch the blood sport. Let it seep into your bones and into your soul and take your soul. That's what Joy Reid has done. That's what Jake Tapper has done. That's what the leftist media establishment has done that did not ask a question regarding Trump and Russia, 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 and the so called collusion that wasn't, that never thought to question who Hillary Clinton is. Hillary Clinton, a woman so awful that she was thrown off the Watergate. Case. We're talking about Nixon here as a lawyer because they thought she was too nuts. She didn't believe that Nixon should have a lawyer. You do not have to live in the blood sport. You can still fight. You can still engage. But remember that this doesn't have to be your whole life. And no one else has to suffer through it. Just like I shouldn't have to suffer through a neighbor who can't figure out how to put their dog inside the house as opposed to letting them bark incessantly for hours at a time. You do not have to live in the blood sport. You can have a cigar, you can take a break. This is important. It is not religion. You can fight and you can rest. that's a hard thing to say when you realize the other side never rests. They never stop. They never sleep. They never quit. You don't have to let it consume your soul. You don't have to buy in to watching the fight every time it scrolls by your screen. I'll be discussing more of this. I'm Tony Katz. I do not understand why truckers are threatening a boycott of Florida because of their immigration law. I don't. I don't get it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz. Today, good to be with you. Uh, yes, from the outdoor studio today. Drivers are going to boycott deliveries in or out of Florida in response to something called SB seventeen eighteen. Because as of July first, businesses with twenty-five employees. We'll be required to use e-verify. You mean you got to make sure that somebody's lawfully in the country before they get hired? And truckers, and as uh, News Nation puts it, Hispanic truckers won't deliver to Florida? Screw them. Fire them. I know what you're saying. We don't have enough truckers as it is. But who the hell are you? Wait a second. Wait a second, guys. You have a problem with deciding who's in the country legally and whether or not they're authorized to work? That's an issue for you? This is the hill you're going to die on? Okay. Bye. Are we nuts? Are we out of our minds? You want to talk about not having at all a a, a message that's cogent Latino truck drivers are threatening to stop delivering to and from Florida and are calling on migrants to stand down from work for up to a week. I'm sorry. I want to say for the record, I don't believe it. All Hispanic truckers or uh, a couple of people who thought they could make a lot of noise on TikTok. I'm going to go with a lot of people who thought they could make a lot of noise on TikTok. Oh, no, I don't believe it. But let it happen. You're allowed to know who's in the country and whether or not they're legally able to work. Of course, it's the only thing that makes sense. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Well, if they didn't already hate Joe Manchin, man, are they going to hate Joe Manchin because the West Virginia senator, chairman of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, canceled the vote. To advance a Biden nominee to oversee energy efficiency regulations, meaning that the nomination of, I think you pronounce his name, Jeff Marushian, M-A-R-O-O-T-I-A-N. And his nomination to lead the Department of Energy Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy has been moved uh, and uh, therefore, uh, uh, we're not going to be able to have the Biden administration regulate gas stoves the way they wanted to regulate gas stoves. And oh, that's gonna make them so angry, because, as you know, regulating gas stoves is the most important thing in the world that's not happening. You terrible Republicans with you cu- with your culture wars. Oh, if I'd only said that right. If I had only said that right, that would have been such a good and powerful line. Dang it, dang me! Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.com. While I support Mr. Maruchian's nomination in December, or I supported Mr. Maruchian's nomination in December, since then the office he's been nominated to lead has proposed stove efficiency rules that I've raised concerns about. While I appreciate that these rules would only apply to new stoves, My view is that it's part of a broader administration-wide effort to eliminate fossil fuels. For that reason, I'm not comfortable moving forward with Mr. Marushian at this time. This is a guy in a very, very rough re-election, and that alone is worthy of conversation. Now, if it sounds a little weird, the show, uh, please uh, don't be uh, alarmed. I'm outside. Uh, uh, The weather is perfect in Indianapolis, Indiana. You've got practice going on, getting ready for qualifying for the Indianapolis 500. This is the month of May in Indiana. This is exactly as you want it. And I'll be good and holy you know what it if I'm going to sit inside a studio and let this day pass me by. I've got the technology, I've got the willpower, and I've got the cigars. I can do this. And 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 the people who have been, you know, with the show and with me and and, and I can't tell you how much I greatly appreciate it. You know that this is part of an evolution that I've been doing where I just, I can't do radio the way other people do it. I can't just sit there and scream and yell. Matt, this has got to be a much more relaxing uh, conversation. Intense at times, focused at times. Uh, again, I'll say it again. I totally believe in the fight. But you got to take the moments, boo. And you got to be able to kind of kind of rock and roll a bit. Still take the subject seriously, just a question of of how you bring it. I think if it's a gorgeous day and you can do your work outside, you know what you should do? Your work outside. And if you're already working outside, uh, thank you for what you do. You're you're, you're working hard. We, we see you there. Joe Manchin is working to get reelected. And that's a really weird thing to hear because Joe Manchin doesn't have to work to get reelected. I've said this before, you've heard me say it before, there is not a politician in the United States of America that has better name ID in their state than Joe Manchin, or at least did. It is really, in in, in the proper definition use of the term remarkable, remarkable that Joe Manchin went from a guy who is untouchable to a guy who can get challenged by justice and actually have to take it seriously. When I say justice, I mean the governor. I'm talking about James Justice. Now, Justice is a really, really interesting character because he was a Republican before he was a Democrat, before he was a Republican, and now he's the governor. Now uh, he's going to uh, run uh, for, for, for senator. Right? Isn't isn't he running for senator? Isn't that the fear that he's going to run and he's popular um, and and that's the whole thing? That's what I thought was, yeah, I got that right. Of course I got that right. Thank you. Thank you very much. And now Manchin's got to run and Manchin's got some problems. Starting with he allowed the Inflation Reduction Act to happen. All of that talk, all of that big talk about standing up and we can't handle the debt. We've got a problem here and problem there. And then all of a sudden they change the name to the Inflation Reduction Act. They put $900 million into the system. And he's like, oh, I'm going to vote for that. That sounds good. <laughs> and then has the audacity to claim, the audacity to claim that he got hornswoggled, flim flammed, He didn't know that this wasn't going to reduce inflation. He didn't know this was a spending bill and a green energy bill and a green New Deal kind of bill. He wasn't aware of that. If he had known that, he never would have done such a thing, don't you know? Oh, that dog won't hunt, which is a pretty short expression they use in West Virginia. So he's got to come out strong against certain things. One of those certain things is, of course, being in favor of gas stoves because it's West Virginia and that's coal country and that is still a serious subject. This push towards no gas stoves is first of all based on some ridiculous ridiculous science. Oh, the gas stoves, they cause asthma in children. How does that happen? Well, very often there are gas stoves used in confined spots. Like 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 a closet? No, like a small apartment that doesn't have the windows open. So if people open the windows, then they can use the gas stoves. No, it's still too deadly and hurting children, so we have to ban them from happening. These people don't stop, don't rest, and don't quit. And while I discuss with you and explain to you, and I, I, I make no bones about it, that you got to take a breath, you got to take a beat. My God, if you could do your work outside, do your work outside, just like I'm doing right now. That doesn't mean you don't do your work. They never, ever stop, do they? And so, yeah, the relaxation gets very, very difficult. So what is it that Joe Manchin has to realize? Joe Manchin has to realize that he put himself in an absolutely horrific place, an absolutely horrific and dangerous place. By going along with the Biden administration, he did this. He made this happen. He put himself in this place where he now has to fight for his political life, which is something he's never, ever, ever had to do before. Ever. He's never had to fight. He's never had to push. Ever. And here he is right now. And this is not the fight that he wants. So, what does he do? He's like, oh, sorry, I can't, uh, I can't, uh, you know, go along with this nominee. I can't go along with this nominee because I can't go along with the banning of, of gas stoves. But look at all the other stuff you've gone along with. Look at all the other things that you have gone along with again and again and again and again and again. Look at all the things that you, you said you were going to act strong, you said you were going to be tough, you said you were going to stand against it, but you did. Why would anybody believe you now? You did this to yourself. So this is kind of a remarkable thing to watch, that Joe Manchin is really in this fight for his political life. And maybe maybe that's good. Maybe it's good that people learn that we're not going to simply accept what it is that we're being told. The people who tell us that we can't somehow be opposed to uh, illegal immigration, they they tell us that if you oppose these people who are just trying to, to lead a better life, well then you're 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 a racist and you're a bigot but of course that's not true. Of course that's not true. In New York there are parents that are protesting aggressively because the city of New York has decided that a school is where they're going to start housing migrants. A school is where they're going to start putting people. And and this was Fox News out there on the street asking parents what they think happened at that meeting. Well, many questions were asked by the parents, but um, we didn't get no concrete answers at all. So we don't have no information. And the mayor's office had a representative at that meeting. What did he say about your concerns? Most of the time he said that he didn't know, that he was not sure. No answers at all. So you have no idea how long this is going to be happening, how long the migrants are going to be staying in this gym, how long your children will be impacted? Nope, not at all. Um, our main concern is the safety of our children. This is now no place to bring them in. As you can see, they're doing some repairs. It's very dangerous for them and also for our children, it's taking our rights away, especially from the um, children of peers once a little. Yes? That's right, it's dangerous for your kids. But the people who sit there at the border and teach people to lie, uh, uh, these, these economic migrants to lie and say that it's an asylum claim, the people who at the border want to facilitate illegal crossings, the people who don't believe in a border to begin with, they don't care about your kids. And it's amazing that so many of these people in New York will continue to vote for the political left, even though the political left is clearly not in favor of their future, not in favor of their lives, not in favor of their opportunities or their growth. What they favor is this radicalness. And then they are amazed when the radicalness comes home to bite them. And part of the reason is they are so used to listening to the most vocal who are also, in, in many ways, the most violent and, and, and threatening. You, you've seen it in, in all the time. You see it in, in these so-called protests. You see it in the way that they act and react. You don't think you have to use the pronouns I describe? Well, you should be fired. It should be an act of violence. You should go to jail. All these kinds of things, the physicalness of it all. You don't want to have people just willy-nilly crossing the border. You're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a xenophobe. Well, I don't want to be called to this, that, or the other, so I'll stay quiet. And now, when it's in your backyard, because you never imagined it would come to your backyard, you're like, well, wait a second. This is a problem. Wait a second. I can't deal with this. Wait a second. This is an issue. We told you it was an issue. Why did you think it wasn't an issue? Why did you think it wouldn't be a problem. Why would Joe Manchin? Joe Manchin's in the game. Joe Manchin lives this game. He didn't know this would be an issue. He didn't know this could be a problem. He didn't know this could come back to bite him. He didn't know what he was going along with. If you argue that there is some family in, in the middle of Park Slope, we're talking Brooklyn, uh, you know, uh, or, or 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 somewhere in Queens that didn't know this would end up on their doorstep, I guess it's possible this isn't something you're attuned to every day. Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, who's been uh, in, on some level of politics in West Virginia for a bajillion years, doesn't have that. But even those people in New York, you really didn't think this would affect you? You didn't think this would come for you? That's what makes what people like Governor Greg Abbott of Texas and Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona made what they did so important, sending uh, these illegal immigrants, all right, you deal with it. In D.C., you deal with it in New York, you deal with it in Martha's Vineyard. And people said, it's so disgusting. You're just using these people as shields and bussing them around. I had somebody who would tell me on Twitter, hey, Tony, you're not upset by this. It's funny, when the Nazis were moving Jews around by train, that was a problem. This is your argument? The, the Jews didn't say, hey, we're going to enter Germany illegally. They were living there, and then because of their religion, uh, they were systematically murdered to the tune of 6 million. People are coming across the border. No one said they had to come across the border. They've been told that they'll get X. They've been told they'll get Y. Some people do believe that in America they'll have the better life, which is, well, true. No, no one denies that America is a better quality of life. America is better than where they came from. It's better than those South American countries. It's better than the Central American countries. Not because I say so, but because the millions of people trying to come into the country say so. But they're coming to America. They're not coming to Texas. They're not coming to Arizona. They're not coming to California, or New Mexico. They're coming to the United States. They're not coming just to Florida. So, why shouldn't the United States have to deal with the whole of the problem? And I say that knowing very well that Indianapolis, Indiana, or Bloomington, Indiana, or Fort Wayne, Indiana, or South Bend, Indiana, will one day get a delivery. Why? We're immune? We're not immune. It's our problem, it is an American problem. And these people, for the first time, realized wait a second, this could affect me and my children. I think the argument should be yes, and now let's discuss all the other things that this political party over here called the Democrats are pushing for that are going to affect you and your children. Maybe, maybe we can't agree on everything. Maybe we should at least be able to agree on a border. Maybe we should at least be able to agree that a border matters. Can we just start with that? And then, and then maybe we'll find one or two other things. If that's all we find, that's all we find. But, but this one's a big one. Joe Manchin having to fight for his political life. He didn't know this would happen. I'm sorry. I just can't believe that. But I'm glad he has to fight. And as for New Yorkers, you vote for Hochul. You vote for Adams. And Adams was a step up from, uh, from what's his name? Oh, I can picture his face. De Blasio. I try hard uh, to forget de Blasio. It's just a shame that I remember his face. But Eric Adams isn't the right answer either. You need people who believe that you have the right to stay safe. Your kids have the right to be safe. You should change how you vote. That's how you get things to be better. That's how you make a difference. Maybe they'll learn. We'll find out soon enough. I'm Tony Katz. So will we see a debt limit deal before June 1st when we're told by Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen that it's all going to be over, we're all going to die? All right, we're not going to die, but we might default. That's, well, that's better? Well, yes, it's certainly better than we're all going to die. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you guys. Get outside, man. It's just I, I don't know, maybe by the time you hear this, it's all raining and stuff, you can't get outside. But when you can, get outside. Broadcasting outside today has been good for me. As for the debt limit, I've been discussing this today, and I'm just not going to get worked up about it, and I don't think you should either. Whether it gets agreed to or not agreed to, whether there's a default or not, we're no longer the ones who can make that call. We elected the people to make this call, and right now they're not making it very well. But one will assume that one will deal. And what we're seeing from the Biden administration is that maybe they realize they're going to have to deal. So no reason to get worked up. No reason to get worried. Doesn't make any sense. It's not helpful. So don't do it. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'll catch you tomorrow, everyone. Take care.